I love reading romance, even with my mom. Historical, paranormal, a good rom com. We both like a grump, an alpha, and a beard. But reading with my mom, well, it gets kind of weird. I'm reading steamy scenes, getting bothered and hot. But if mom is asking, I read it for the plot. We look for swoony scenes, those moments that delight. Communication's good, and the banter's so right. So if you'd like to read along and join the group, here's a little secret I'll let you into the loop. It's just a little show that we like to dub, not your mom's romance book club. Welcome to the book club that sure is not your mom's romance book club, but it is my mom's. I'm Ellen, and joining me as always is my mom. Hi, mom. How's it going? Ellen. <laughs> it's going great. Today we are chatting about The Roughest Draft by Emerly Wibberly and Austin Sigmund Broca. But first, Mom, what have you been reading and watching? Not much. This is the only book I read this week. Um, my husband and I watched the first couple seasons of The Boys because he had not watched it. I, Ellen and I have. Yes. He has not. And when we watched it, we said we can't in good faith, like, recommend it to many people because it is certainly not for everybody. No, it's, um, it's very violent. It's very bonkers. Very bonkers. Um, yeah. But, um, but we enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah. Um, you guys also watched that food thing? What was that? Oh, that was me. I was watching Food That Built America. Yeah. It's just every now and then I need something just kind of weird that no one else wants to watch but me. And I like his stuff that has history in it. And it's interesting to watch for me to watch stuff like that with that shows the origins of things. And I don't know. I'm just weird like that. Um, I feel like I'm always bitching about something. Um, yes, you are. <laughs> but this week, I Usually was... me. <laughs> That's true. Um, this week, I was pretty sick. Yes, you were. And I think it was made worse by the fact that I was having to do my lesson planning assessment and try to get that turned in on a deadline. Um, and, and magically, once you got it turned in, I told Alan, I said, I think you're stressed about your paper and that's keeping your body from healing. I mean, it ended up being like 40 pages, single space, 11 point font. And Jeez, who even wants to read that? Not me. <laughs> Um, and good luck to the person who has to do that. Um, but it's done. Remains to be seen on whether or not I will pass, but, um, that is a thing. So we'll see how that goes. Um, so yeah, so I haven't been doing much of anything this week. No, you were writing, 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 writing. And writing, if I writing. wasn't writing, 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 I was sleeping, sleeping, sleeping. Sick, sick and writing. You were sick and writing. Yes. Um, so that was my week. It was great. Um, and yeah. So we're kind of boring. I only went to one day of work though this week. <laughs> Ellen and I keep so saying nice. this summer, we're just going to binge all these shows we keep talking about that we're going to, so yeah. we're going to have stuff. For, we're going to have stuff to tell you guys. Yeah. And hopefully more books as well. I mean, there's books I want to read, but I just. Whatever. You do not. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Um, okay, so today we are chatting about The Roughest Draft by Emerly, Emily Wibberly 
and Austin Sigmund Broca. The husband-wife writing team have written mainly YA contemporary romances. This book, The Roughest Draft, came out in January and is, from what I can tell, seemingly their first adult romance. Um, here is the back cover description for this book. Uh, they were co-writing literary darlings until they hit a plot hole that turned their lives upside down. Three years ago, four years ago, but... <laughs> It says three years ago, Katrina Freeling and Nathan Van Heusen uh, were the brightest literary stars on the horizon, their co-written books topping bestseller lists. But on the heels of their greatest success, they ended their partnership on bad terms for reasons neither would divulge to the public. They haven't spoken since and never planned to, except they have one final book due on contract. Facing crossroads in their personal and professional lives, they're forced to reunite. The last thing they ever thought they'd do again is hole up in the tiny Florida town where they wrote their previous book, trying to finish a new manuscript quickly and painlessly. Working through the reasons they've hated each other for the past three years isn't easy, especially not while writing a romantic novel. While passion and prose push them closer together in the Florida heat, Katrina and Nathan will learn that relationships, like writing, sometimes take a few rough drafts before they get it right. Mom, what did you think of The Roughest Draft? The Roughest Draft. Well, like I said, there are things about this book that I really, really liked, and then there are things about this book that I didn't really like. Yeah. Um, I don't know where to land on this one. Yeah, so I don't know. I mean, it's not a love. Here's what I'll say. I'm not even positive it's a really, really liked. No. I'm I'm not even a 100% sure if it's a like. <laughs> Personally, I won't speak for you. I'll give mine I'll give it a like just because it kind of evens out, but there truly is stuff that I liked and then there's stuff that I really didn't like. Yeah. Here's what I'll say. It is beautifully written. Objectively, they are very good writers. Like, I think their prose is gorgeous. I mean, there's lines that I highlighted just because I was like, oh, yeah, that's a, there's, that's a barn burner. The descriptions are really beautiful and... And, and they're, they, they're very, like, evocative with um, the thoughts and feelings of both of these people. Um for me, um, I won't speak for you, but for me, there's, for me, there just like wasn't any joy in it. Like, and my, I need some amount of joy in my romance novels. And we're going to talk about whether or not we think this even <laughs> is a romance novel, but, um, I would agree with that assessment. I, I was trying to read it. I mean, into it, I realized well, you couldn't read it like a regular romance novel. Yeah. I, <laughs> I'm not a hundred percent sure if I even wanted them to get together. Um, <laughs> and, uh, I don't know. Cause, e cause like we've read angsty romances and, and even those, I still like, I still find some amount of joy in them like discovering something about the human condition or something like that or about themselves and learning and growing from like it like there's some redemptive arc or something but there's not even that here it's just uh, i don't know 
And I'm I'm sorry, you guys. I don't even know if you could call this a gromance because I don't know that they grow enough for my taste. Yeah. <laughs> but we're gonna discuss that later. Yeah. Move forward, Ellen. Okay. Move forward with your <laughs> with your I'm, inquiry. I'm just gonna. I'm, I just need to get it off my chest straight away. I feel like I've been because I've been like busy and stressed that I feel like I've been like nothing but like a downer on so many of the books lately. Um, like, is there a book that I I kind of eh, even that one I didn't. Eh. Yeah, so I've been kind of a a. Debbie Downer lately, and I don't love it. Well, isn't next week the free for all? Yeah. So hopefully you'll and be, I you'll told, read something that brings you I joy. I already told mom what book I want to pick for the free for all, and I'm like, I need that book specifically because I just need something that I know is going to like just make me happy. <laughs> um, so I already called dibs on a book that I know both of us want to read. Um, but so. I feel like I'm gonna. You guys know that I tend to get a little down on books that I even don't like, even just a little bit. And I just told you that I'm not sure how much I even liked this. Well, book. and I don't love it. You know, I don't love it either. So, so we're sorry in advance. <laughs> that's where we're gonna. That's where we are. Okay. So, what did you think of Katrina as our heroine, starting not, off on a great? I did not like Katrina <laughs> from the get go. She bugged me, and part of the problem was. This poor girl, from the beginning, I could tell she needs to be in therapy. Why isn't she? In sh and she talks about her therapist, but like she needs to be going weekly to a therapist, have them on like speed dial. Yeah, seriously, this girl was dealing with depression, and she had all kinds of. By the way, when we because we, we end up saying this about a lot of, of characters in books, and you know, as two people who don't currently go to therapy. Um, we say it only with love. Like, it's not from a judgmental... Oh, no, no, not at all. Yeah. I I just, I want her to find the help she needs. And in yeah. the epilogue, they do talk about her in therapy, so I was yeah. happy about that. And going, that. like, more often and But regularly. the fact that she wasn't in therapy from the beginning was concerning to me because she did not seem like a happy person. I mean, yeah. like, ever. And, yeah. uh, and granted, there was stuff in her life that was going... I mean... But even, like, at the very beginning of the book when she's engaged and, and I mean, she should be happy and she just didn't seem like a happy person. Yeah. So, I don't know. And then, you know, it's just her life choices, choices that she made throughout the book. I was just like, girl, really? So, yeah. A lot of very immature behavior and, I don't know. How old are they both supposed to be? Well, they've written, I think they're late 20s would be my guess yeah that would be my guess as well here's the thing for me and i say this with peace and love but they both come off as fairly pretentious and i think that's just because you know i was an english major and so i spent more than my fair share of time with like pretentious english people and i i understand looking at i mean literature can definitely be art and i think any i think any form of literature is its own subjective like art art form right but i don't love people who set out to write art if that makes sense i like people who set out to write a book that is going to 
be entertaining. Be entertaining or be or brighten someone's day or they do it because they find it to be a fun therapeutic whatever process. I don't love the like the people who set out to write the great American novel, like the next great American novel, yeah. which both of these people do and it it just like puts a bad taste in my mouth for both of them. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Just the way they talk about <laughs> literature, which I understand, like, I've probably talked about it in that way before, but it's it just really comes off, I don't know, it just, it, and, like, she's, she's doing that, like, on page two, and so I was just like, ugh, I already don't love this person. <laughs> um, and so, I don't know. So I don't know if, like, that just, like, kind of made me turn on them instantly um and not put me on like the best footing for the rest of this book um but yeah she makes some okay I have to say (laughs) (laughs) my my dog does this thing (laughs) where he he wants the toilet open so he can drink out of it (laughs) and we have to close it because mom's dog is makes a hot mess makes a hot mess she like she's like a family circus cartoon where she just like dribbles water like everywhere in her wake and so my dog when he wants the toilet open will just stand and nose at the toilet like seat so while we're sitting here trying to record in the background we can hear the the toilet seat going clank 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 and he is relentless (laughs) he will not stop he will not stop and my dad is deaf as a doormouse (laughs) or maybe it's blind as a doormouse but he's deaf and he's not going to hear that and so i just have a feeling that way (laughs) at some point ellen might have to excuse herself But anyway, that's just making me, it's, it's making me hard, hard to have this deep conversation about this book, because I'm hearing my dog nose at the toilet seat. <laughs> anyway, um, what was I talking about? About pretentious, how yeah. pretentious Katrina is. Yeah. And, yeah, I think I did enough of that, but she's, <clears throat> yeah, it's like you said, she's, she makes, and we'll talk about this more when we get towards the end, but she makes strange like emotional choices I don't know like and this contributes to like why I was never like completely rooting for either of them is because well even in the beginning when she's talking about how she hasn't written since their last book came out four years ago mm-hmm. and she hasn't and but she loves writing and she goes on and on about how much she loves writing it's like okay so pick a pseudonym and just start writing again. Yeah. And you don't have to do all the interviews and all that stuff. I mean, that's not something that has to be done. Just, you know, be something different. Yeah, and, and write in and fairness, I think she probably gets, like, a lot of pressure from her agent freaking fiancé yeah. who, um, you know, like, because there's now, like, capital built on her name. Um, so, I don't know. I don't know. It just it just all came off as kind of whiny, if I'm being honest. I I agree. But I was worried about this poor girl and that yeah. no one was helping her the way she needed to be helped. I would agree with that. And um I don't know. I, uh, and as you get more into the book and you and she makes just 
weird choices and decisions. And she gets um, flustered or anxious. She has like anxiety about things that it's yeah. like this person needs to be able to handle this easier. And I don't feel like anyone's really helping her through these episodes that she's having. Anyway. Yeah. Okay, so we talked about Katrina. What did you think of Nathan as our hero? That's his name, right? Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, Nathan, he didn't seem to have the emotional and anxiety problems that Katrina had. Um, I'm not sure I always... He's he's um, more, like, emotionally disconnected, though, I would say. Like, he's... I don't know. He's you know, per usual, like, man standard, he's, like, I feel more emotionally closed off, I think, than her. It's... He was easier to read than her. <laughs> yeah. Here's what I'll say, though. He bothered me a little less, but he's helped out greatly by being the single one in present day and having nothing to lose, really, on the... Truly, there's a lot of emotional um, cheating that goes on. On in this both book. sides. On like... both sides. And I don't love it. Yeah, we're going to talk about that, too. Um, but I think you're, like, he also bothered me less, but that's where, like, in analyzing that, I think it's because he didn't have the other relationship going on in present day, where we were mostly spending time. Um, but I didn't love what was going on in the past. Hell no. And we're going to talk about that. Um, but... I don't know. Like, I think a component that I did like about this book was this, because the idea, like, and I think we've talked about this when we've read, like, a Christina Lauren book or something, but the idea of co-writing does, like, fascinate me and um, just how that would work. And so seeing that process was cool and interesting to me and um, kind of how they, like, express themselves to each other through the writing through the writing and how it becomes like this very like personal and um thing for them and um I did like however that they got away from it in the end yeah because so much of them getting together I kept thinking they need to figure out is it just the writing process that gets them that brings them together because that's how they always were getting together or, you know, is this something that could work outside? So I I did appreciate the way that played out. And the, the way that they call that out. Yeah. Like, on each other. Um, yeah. And so I, I thought that was kind of cool and interesting. And just how they would have, like, these entire conversations in fictional scenes, essentially. And, like, write about these things that happened to them in real life. And kind of convey their emotions about it to each other through the written word. I did, I liked that. Um, did I think it was like the healthiest way to communicate with each other? No, no. not at all. Because <laughs> um, they really couldn't talk to each other about anything. It was yeah. frustrating. And I was, that was really frustrating. Yeah. You know and how I am about communication. Yeah. And I think, I think, a big part of that is because they're both always in these other relationships, which let's just talk about that now. So I wrote down the question. Let's talk about the slightly dicey area of this book and their other relationships. Did they navigate this? Okay. For you? No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, 
yes and no for me. Like, they strangely did okay. Because, I mean, when I first was, like, starting this book and it's talking about, you know, them meeting when he's engaged to his wife and then they're doing these writing retreats when they're married, I'm like, I'm going to have major problems with this book if if what I think is going to happen, it's going to happen. And they never did actually, like, correct cheat, physically cheat on anyone. Correct. You and know? they always cloak this emotional cheating under the guise of writing, which I think is kind of shitty. But. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but, and, like. Here's the thing. I was I was very prepared to have problems, like I said. And honestly, I think if we had gotten to know Melissa any better, I probably would have had major beef. Because she is, like, a completely, from our perception, she's completely an innocent bystander. You don't even get to know much of what his marriage with her was like. And I think that's intentional because I think if you found out any more, you would throw him to the freaking wolves. Yeah, because you probably would have liked her more than him. Correct. <laughs> here's here's the problem that I had with the whole premise of this book is that these two getting together, yeah, okay, so they get an HEA at the end. However, they left so much garbage in the wake of their relationship yeah. that it's like, I can't even be happy for them because they've hurt so many people along the way. Which, like, sure, hurt Chris, whatever. I mean, like, he's kind of a yeah. jerk. But like Mom said when we were talking about this earlier, it's that, it's like, yeah, he's an asshole, but the way that she gets together with, with Chris is shitty in and of itself. Like, she essentially gets together with Chris to, like, stick it to Nathan. To Nathan. And... And Nathan's wife, Melissa, is and like... And not in a sexy way, stick it to No, him. no. Um, <laughs> in a vengeful Melissa way. Melissa is just, like, there's absolutely nothing wrong with her. She's just not... And Katrina. honestly, she put up with, like, yeah, more than she should After should've. sitting back and letting him do all this going away for months on end to yeah. work with another woman. Yeah. I... Who he, like, I mean, she had to have, like... What's, what's the deal here? What's going on here? Yeah. You're writing love stories with this woman away by yourselves for months. Yeah. In Florida. In Florida and Italy. Yeah. They write the first book and in Italy. And here's my problem. It, why would you go to Florida where it's so, it just sounds so sweaty there all the time. <laughs> go somewhere where it's a dry heat. No offense. <laughs> no offense to our Floridian no, listeners. No, no offense to Florida people or anyone who lives where there's a lot of humidity. I just don't do humidity Mom well. Mom really cannot do humidity. <laughs> like anytime we go anywhere that's remotely humid, Mom loses That's like more her... humid than Sacramento and Sacramento is not humid <laughs> at all. She loses her freaking mind and talks about nothing <laughs> but being sweaty for the entire time we're there. Whatever. <laughs> It's so true, though. <laughs> when we were in, when she would visit me in Austin, all she did was bitch about being sweaty. Oh, and when when we were in London and England, you bitched about being sweaty Whatever. all the time. Don't like, don't keep making me go to places. <laughs> when, we went to, when we went to Chicago, you like talked about being well, sweaty. Well, that's but it, was it, was rainy. Like, it was rainy the whole time we were in Chicago, so I think that was my problem there. Yeah. But seriously, like, mom cannot get... No. And he's a Sacramento. It's a dry heat. <laughs> Very dry. Anyway, um, so <coughs> mom would have major beef with Florida. <laughs> well, 
Well, just all the descriptions, too. I was like, get in the pool. Spend your day in the pool, yeah, for heaven's just sake. Just sit on the edge of the pool They just write. keep talking about how hot it is, how sweaty they are, and I'm like, ugh, blah, blah. <laughs> It's supposed to be sexy, Mom. Is it? I don't Because it just sounds <laughs> dirty and nasty to me. Um, but, yes, the other relationships. I mean, and so, okay, so Melissa. Melissa is hard done by, and it's like I said, if we had gotten to know her any better. And if I think it's deliberately not talked about much. And in fairness, I think that they do it as they handle it as well as they could, um, under the circumstances. Um, in that as soon as they like are starting to admit feelings to each other under this guise of fiction, um, they're like, you know, he essentially says, let me go home and take care of some stuff and yeah. then we'll get back together, you know, yeah. which, which is really crappy. Yes, correct. And but, you know, better than the alternative, I guess. Well, and here's the deal is so, you know, four years ago, he kind of confesses his feelings to her and she rejects it. Yeah, because she's weird. I mean, well, not, no, I mean, I get it. But no, that is weird. Here's the thing. The whole the whole book is kind of leading up to cuz you know, it's switching back and forth between what happened 4 years ago, what happened that made them like sever all ties with each other and then the present day. And so you're leading up the whole book to figure out what it was that like brought on this like break in communication. And it's kind of a letdown in my opinion. Yeah. Like it's kind of nothing. And, um, it's, I mean, essentially what it is, is he kind of tells her like, I'm going to go home and split up with my wife to be with you. Like he doesn't straight up say that, but he essentially says that. And she understands that he's saying that. And so he writes her this like love letter. That's really not from him, but it, Totally is, right? The initials were even N and K. Yeah. And they referred to each other as N and K in the letter. Yeah. So it's a love letter to her telling her that he is in love with her. And she decides that (sighs) if she gets together with him, she's not going to be happy. Or she can't be happy knowing that it could be taken away from her, essentially. Yeah. Which Which we've encountered this before in romance novels, and we think it's stupid every time. But... Um, it's, so it's still stupid here, basically. And so... Well, this she, isn't the only thing she feels that way about. I mean, this comes up, and that's why I'm thinking this girl needs some therapy because yeah. she's never going to get her life in order. Correct. So she burns the letter and that he, the, and he sees it and then just dips. And it's like, you guys can't even like, and that, and then they don't talk to each other for four years, even in any sort yeah. of professional. So there was no talking conversation about this whole thing at all. Correct. And then he goes home and divorces his wife. Correct. For, well, in fairness, he should divorce his he wife. He should divorce. No, she should divorce him. Yeah, correct. Even though she doesn't know what's going on. <laughs> and I'm, I'm happy she's with her radiologist. Yes. Um. I hope out of all this, I hope Melissa's happy. I don't care about anybody else. <laughs> and Harriet. I liked Harriet. Um, yeah. I, um, so that whole thing, the four years ago thing, I'm like, that's 
it. That's seriously, like, why you two grown-ass adults haven't talked to each other for four years? It seemed, it had kind of a high school vibe to it to me. It's like, well, you hurt my feelings, so I'm going to leave and I'm not going to talk to you ever again. Yeah, I, I don't know. So, I, yeah, so that's what happens there with the other relationships. Oh, so Chris, so in present day, um... So he's divorced his wife and she got together with Chris in spite to spite Nathan, Nathan for some GD reason, and which then makes I guess no Chris sense. Helped her through some of her difficult times and so she feels, feels beholden, beholden to him. And they get engaged. So she's engaged to Chris, who's a bit of a prick, but regardless of him being a prick. But here's the thing. Okay, so up until when he starts being a prick in Florida, um and he does say some kind of shitty things to her, but I was telling mom, like, in the beginning, I didn't completely dis... I mean, I disagreed with his approach, but I don't disagree with him saying, like... You need to get some... You need to get out of bed and out of your head and start doing something with your life. Correct. You've got this talent. You need to go use it. Yeah. That's that's how he needed to approach it. Not Correct. the I need money approach. That's not a good approach. <laughs> but the approach and the of, whole, like, I... I'm, you know, maybe I need a new wife thing was not good. <laughs> oh, yeah. That but was bad. I don't disagree with him that she, even if it's not writing, she needs to figure out some something that's going to get her out of this kind of, like, funk that she's been in for four years, which we now know is because of Nathan and et cetera. But then she shouldn't be with, then that's shitty to be with Chris in the beginning. Right? I don't know. Yeah. Um, but that was my biggest problem with this whole thing is that, I wasn't really rooting for them to get together through the book because they were leaving all this mess in behind them. And it's like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Go do you. I hope Melissa's happy. Yeah. I don't really care about Chris, but I want Melissa to be happy. So marry your radiologist, Melissa, and God bless. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. Uh, What did you think of the other side characters? There's not too many, namely just Harriet. (laughs) The token Asian best friend. <laughs> yeah, mom was like, we need to talk about Harriet because I think it's weird that all of these, like, friends... Every book we read, their best friend is Asian, and I don't... I mean, I'm, I'm not against Asians being in the book, but let's read some with them as the main characters instead of... Yeah. Helen Wong, I guess. I need to go read a Helen Wong. Yeah. But um, it's just weird that... They're... We were at a dating Dr. Dill, which has, you know, Southeast Asians. Yes, okay. Uh-huh. But most of them... It, you know, it's always the Aquafina best friend. It seems like you know, yeah. well, the and quirky <clears throat> Asian best friend. And I liked Harriet a lot, mainly because she was my voice in this book. Like, stop being freaking idiots and just. She was a little too like, rah rah shishkumba, leave all your spouses and yeah. just hit it already. You love each other, so leave your spouses and let's do this. And it's like, yeah. mm, I'm not sure how, but um. But I did like her. I didn't like that she wasn't all that well developed outside of, out of this, out of outside of being just the person who comes in every once in a while and, and says did, like, "Pull your head out of your asses." Kind and of did thing. we ever really figure out why <laughs> Katrina hadn't talked to her for four years? Is it just because she said they both kind of say why? And it's she said Katrina doesn't hang out with her because she Harriet called her out. On having feelings, and she just didn't want to like confront that. 
So she doesn't talk to her for four years? Correct. Really? This is, see, this is why it becomes very high school to me. It's like, oh my gosh, you guys need to talk about things. Yeah. You're writers, for heaven's sakes. Use your words. Yeah. And discuss Even stuff. if you just send, like, a detailed email to each other, that's better than, like, what you're doing. Yes. But out of the three of them, Harriet was my favorite, so. <laughs> so we want Harriet and Melissa. Harriet and Melissa. You go, girls. <laughs> Find your bliss, girls. Um, okay. What did we think of their books? Not for me. Oh, my gosh. And the whole time I was reading, I was like, this only once book sounds like the worst trash. I would never read that book. Now... That's because I'm a romance reader, and I I do not want to read a book about, you know, two people who cheat on their spouses. Yeah. Under any circumstances. Which this encroaches on, by the way. Which the book they're right. Oh, which this, this book. book. Yeah. So there's how I stand on all of that. But they specifically wrote a book about two people who only did it once. Yeah. Here's the thing. I don't know anything about, like that normal people show and everybody's always telling me to read it but just like the glimpses I get of it I'm like this is the very kind of thing that is not for me it's like the uh, like I was telling mom it's like the Oprah's book club books of like um literature and like that is like acceptable by the mainstream for being like romantic literature because it has like passion, but then it's just miserable people. Yeah. Like, and I don't want that. Like, that's that's what I mean about like there being no joy. Is like, yeah, they get together, but like at what cost? And at to like your mental health. And also, that's just not like I just I want to read about. Yeah, happy people falling happy in people love, and doing perfect things. Not that they have to be perfect. Like we've read other books. Yeah, with we've like read plenty people. of books. Where yeah, people... and so I don't, I don't know, I, I don't know where this book. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Well, I didn't walk away feeling like they were both good people. They weren't good people. Yeah. And I like reading about good people, even if their lives are a mess and stuff is screwed up, or even if they've done stuff in the past. They're also not objectively bad people. They're just. I well, know. I mean, they're not murderers, but yeah. I, I don't feel like they were, they're not my kind of good people. Like we would not be friends, <laughs> not me and you. Well, well. we probably wouldn't either, <laughs> but, <laughs> but me and Katrina could not hang because I'd be rolling my eyes the whole time she was in the room, <laughs> especially knowing what I know about her. <laughs> um, okay. So we don't want to read their books. No. I also have a hard time buying into the fact that these are, like, these major, like, best-selling. Like, I don't think books achieve this kind of, like... Well, what about... Was Marriage Story a book before it was a movie? No. Okay. I don't think so. Because that, that was the vibe I was getting from some of Yeah, them. I mean, Marriage Story is definitely... <laughs> Which I've never seen, but I've seen clips. It is a good movie, but it's... Um... But even that, like, has... Even that has more joy in it than this for me. Because, like, they both end in a play. Like, it, it is. So Marriage Story is kind of more like their book that they're writing where they split up and they're, they say terrible, awful things to each other. But I don't know. I think it's it's a different medium and the, for me that. So, like, I. Well, I get what they were saying. You know, there's passion. There's different kinds of passion and different kinds of love. And in the end, they still are going to love each other always, but it's a different love than what they had 
in the beginning. And I understand that. And I understand this. And I understand that there are people out in the world that would probably enjoy reading a book like that. It's not for me. But um, the other the other one about cheating on their spouses, there was nothing I could get behind with that. Yeah. I just, I, I, I'm willing to put up, not even put up, but I, I'm, I'm more open to different kinds of stories in film than I think I am in my books. Yeah. Well, obviously, because it's all we read is romance. <laughs> and we watch other kinds of shows. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. But Mary's Story is a good movie. You'd watch it sometime. It's, sometime I will. It's, it's, uh, but it is not the easiest watch in the world. But it's still, it's still kind of like heartening, I would say. Like, it still kind of leaves in a good spot. Um, okay. The ultimate question. Is this a romance novel? No. I like I said, I don't even think it's a romance because yeah. and not because they don't it's a novel. Yeah. That's what I would call it. It's a novel. This is the gateway drug. I can't even say it's a gateway drug into romance. And let me just interject really quickly. The poppy pink cover Oof. is terrible for this book. Yeah. This book even in the their discussion in the book about what they wanted their cover to be, I was like, that would have been a better cover for this book than the poppy pink cover. <laughs> Give it a black and white, you know, thin font. Thin font. <laughs> just like they described in the book they wanted for their book. That's what this book needed. Yeah. But the poppy pink animated cover is terrible for this book. Because it's just angsty through the whole thing. Yeah. It's not. No. It's, I mean, this is a beach read for some people, but this is not a beach no. read for romance readers. No, is, not at all. It's, um, it's, uh, yeah, it's, I, and I think we see, we see a lot more of this, especially coming out of the specific publisher, I would say, um, no disrespect whatsoever. Um, but I think that, um, there are certain people that are kind of more interested in capturing both the mainstream audiences that, you know, read these types of books and the romance readers, which they realize is a huge market. And so they're trying to, like, find the crossover. But for me, and so that's why they have this poppy pink cover on this, you know, literary fiction right you know and um i this is not a romance though it's i it uh, it has an hea so therefore i guess it fits under the guise of a romance novel but it just does not read like a romance novel the story is not a romance novel story yeah it's um it's and i say that I didn't hate reading this book. I enjoyed reading something a little different than what we usually read. I really enjoyed I thought the writing was beautiful. I got tired of being in their heads a little bit. Like, very little story happens in this Correct. book. And um, you're just in their heads the whole time. And for two people that I don't really like very much, yeah. it's hard to be in their heads the whole time. Yeah. And um, I just didn't... So... And we are not the ultimate arbiters on what is a romance novel. So there's going to be people that disagree and they think this is a romance novel. And that is totally fine because it does fit with under the 
you know, supposed... Well, it does have a poppy pink cover, Ellen. Well, and it has an (laughs) HEA and whatever. And so, um, you know, and you're going to... We're going to read some listener feedback that is very divergent from our own opinions. And that's totally fine. Um, But uh, for me, this is not what I consider to be a romance novel. Just in the feelings that it evokes, I would say. I don't know. True. I would agree. Um, okay. So, they have a moment where they connect physically and seemingly emotionally. They basically, like, tell each other that they love each other. And she ends up pulling away, and I suppose this would be the conflict. So, how did you interpret this section of the book? What do you, what did you understand was going on here? That was my favorite part of the book. And I'm not even kidding. Oh, wow. I, because... I was very concerned, like I said before, that their relationship was based on their writing, that they yeah. they were so in their heads with their writing that that's what was pulling them together. And um, be, and even in the, the four years ago, you know, the thing that pulled them together was their writing. And I was very concerned that it was going to end that way with them. That they're like having an affair of the mind and not yeah. necessarily yeah. like Yeah, and an like affair. their hearts... Hearts were so into the book that it was pulling them together emotionally and uh-huh. and physically, and that um, it wasn't going to help them figure out can we have a relationship and can we be together outside of our writing? Because really, all that's all they've spent their time together doing. Because earlier he was married and so he was home with his wife supposedly. Yeah. Um, when they weren't writing. And then they'd get together and write. And then they aren't together for four years. And then they get together to write this book and start falling for each other again. and Or still or whatever. And, you know, my concern was going to be, is this just going to end with them, like, hitting it while they're writing? And then, then my concern would have been, can they maintain this outside? And it still kind of is that. It, yeah. I, I still kind of feel, think, you know, just because I don't. Anyway, um, but I appreciated at least the thought behind, let's call it, let's cool it, let's get the book done, and then let's figure out where we are. I appreciated that thought process. But that's, okay, so I totally agree with that. I totally, I like the resolution, but I didn't love the initial pulling away because it made no sense to me. Oh, her pulling away Correct. and then like, going to the beach and sitting and well, that's her whole thing. I, I, her whole uh, this whole thing of her being afraid to be happy. Yeah. I'm sorry. If you're a listener, if you're afraid to be happy, like if every good thing that happens in your life you're afraid of, you need to go talk to someone. <laughs> yeah. And and not just sit and listen to podcasts. You need to seek out professional help. <laughs> And that's what worried me about this woman is this is something that's been an ongoing thing for years in her life. She gets anxiety every time she releases a book. She has anxiety about seeing her books in bookstores. I will say, like, the... I did, like, um, empathize. I guess that's not a correct word because I've never experienced this. But I do feel sympathy for her in that feeling of she's had this really huge success... Um, well, that I get. How can she live? She's always going to feel like she's disappointing someone. And um, 
I think we talked about this like with Sally Thorne books is like they're, they're like the the stress to like produce something you must just have to like kind of turn that part of your and I essentially I think that's what he's telling her to do is it's just like you're gonna yeah you're gonna like disappoint people. something is you're always gonna be disappointing someone there's no pleasing every person you just have to kind of do your thing well the thing is you need to worry about not disappointing yourself yeah that needs to be you know and your chief concern your chief concern and um so that's what she that's the lesson she needed to learn and i don't know that i felt that that was proven enough but she at least seemed to be in a better place after she had her little epiphany on the beach but yeah i that's why I was concerned for this girl. It's just every time something good in her life was trying was trying to happen, she would just pull back. Yeah. And that's just not healthy. Yeah. But I do agree with you that I I liked the the resolution and how you know, for her cuz I totally get this cuz I'm I'm very much like this too where it's just like I need to get this thing out of my brain before I can focus on this thing. Well, and I also liked the fact that She's like, we need to stop communicating through our writing. We need to just write the book the way the book yeah. needs to be written and leave ourselves out of it. Because yeah. it's like, finally, that, that seems healthy to me. Because yeah. you two are weird. And um, <laughs> that seemed like the healthiest direction. And that's why that part of my book, the book, I was like, okay, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Do that. Yeah. I and like what you're doing here. I like what you're doing here. And... Uh, so that's why I liked that part of the book is because I liked seeing them like withdraw them their personal lives from their writing. And yeah. I get that you're always going to have some of your personal life in your writing. That's just the way it is when you're an author. But, yeah. um, you know, these two were like to a sick degree had were. Yeah. Like projecting majorly. Yes. Majorly. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's talk about sex, baby. It was pretty tame pretty tame it's it doesn't happen that much and um when it's it like they they are very passionate like evocative writers and um so it was very beautifully written without like getting into details right right yeah so is what i'll say about that um i would agree it was weird the way they kept talking about, oh, you know, well, I know what he likes because we've written this. See, that's the kind of stuff that's like, that's just weird. Well, and I think it's it gets into, um, I don't know, I think we talked about this with, um, oop, I almost, <laughs> um, with Rosie Dannon, where it's <laughs> like, um, just because I write this doesn't mean that this is what I'm into. Right. You know? I mean, it doesn't mean that it's not what I'm into. I don't, I'm not, that's not her words. It's just me now adding, you know, if I write this, that's, it could be what I'm into, but you can't assume that this is what I do, you know, right. or whatever. And, and to do that is weird. And so, um, I don't know, like, I think, <laughs> uh, like male and female duo writing sex scenes would be kind of a, like, yeah you know, interesting, um, situation, especially if like one is married to another woman that is a little dicey. Um, but 
I think you have to have, I mean, it was only ever dicey because they were weird about it. Yeah. They made it weird. Yeah. Like if you're just like, okay, let's out dirty each other. Like if you have kind of like a friendly banter about it, I think it cannot. I think I've actually had conversations like that with guys that I haven't been married to. But that's the kind of person I am. Yeah. But <laughs> but that's beca- that's what I mean. Yeah. It's like with friends. There's ways to be professional and not making assumptions about people and what they're into while doing that. Um, but they don't do that. Right. Well, they're always, the all their writing is so us-centric that it's, it, it just comes off kind of strange. Yeah. Um, what is your swooniest moment? I thought and thought and thought about it. I truly have thought about it, Ellen. Um, I have mine, but you go first. I'm not sure I have a good one. Um, there, there weren't a lot of swoony moments. No. I think my swooniest where I was kind of like, and I think it's just because it's the first sign of like, okay, here we go, is the club. When they're at the club and they're kind of just like, it's, this is kind of where I was talking about with like with a passionate and evocative writing. It's very like kind of sensual and like they're very aware of each other, which was kind of swoony. And, um, see, but my problem with the club scene is, um, she was still engaged to Chris. Correct. And she was pissed off at Chris because Correct. she told him that she was going to go to a nightclub with him for research purposes. And he's like, go, have a good time. And she was it, mad that he, like, didn't have a bigger problem. Like, that everything that he was, like, pushing her towards having an affair with Nathan if it made for a good book. Yeah. And so, and so she was there, pissed off at Chris, still engaged to Chris. And that's when she kisses him. Yeah. So the kiss is not even necessarily what I'm talking about. It's more just, um, I don't know, just kind of the way they were like interacting at the club was kind of swoony to me. But um, but that's like the best I could come up with. <laughs> well, I'm trying to think because, yeah. yeah, I don't know these two. Here's the thing. I And like, I know that it, it it's... I sometimes imply otherwise by, like, my love of K-dramas and things like that. But, like, melodrama is not always my, like, yeah. go-to. Um, I, and, uh, and this is very melodramatic. Well, see, like, I thought the letter that he wrote her four years ago, mm-hmm. I thought that was really well written and it was, but he's married. So it, so everything would, every scene that could be swoony was kowtowed in this. Yeah, by what was going on in their person, in their own lives and it's yeah. like, this would be Swoony, except he's married to someone else, you know, or yeah. that would be Swoony, except she's engaged to someone else and it's like okay, well that ruins the swoon for me. Yeah. Um, okay, so we've made our thoughts more than abundantly clear. <laughs> um, and we so we want to hear from some of you on what your yeah. thoughts are. Um, and, and I hope this doesn't like sever ties with anybody. No, I know. <laughs> um, so first we have, I have to give her the first opinion other than ours. 
um, because she sent me an email about this book back in February when the list was announced. Wow. So she wanted to get her thoughts in straight away. Probably just um, read the book. And before I forget, that's yeah, me. I know, that's that's me the way too. I'd have to do it. <laughs> so Helena wrote in and she said, hi, mom and Ellen. Excited to be writing to you for the first time. Ah, welcome. welcome. I came across your podcast a few months ago, and now I probably annoy my sisters with how much I talk about how much I like your podcast. Oh, sweet. I have been catching up on episodes of books that I have read. Now I've mostly caught up so I can finally write to you before an episode airs. Forgive me for writing so far ahead. No, no problem. That being said, I wish I could say that I loved The Roughest Draft, but it was a like for me. The book spent too much time on them not thinking slash acting on their feelings for each other that I just did not care if they got together or not, which is essential. They were in denial for way too long for me. Nathan and Katrina were both just too scared, cautious, and careful with each other and their feelings for the longest time, and I just knew from the beginning what the big uh, conflict slash reveal was going to be, and that just took out some of the fun. It just wasn't a book that I would recommend to others. However, it was interesting reading about writers and co-writers from a pair of co-writers. One thing I did like was how well Nathan and Katrina knew each other. That being said, I'm sure that I will love listening to both of you talk about the book, hopefully. Um, (laughs) Sorry for the long email. I'd love to recommend a book, my favorite from 2021. It's Meet You in the Middle by Devin Daniels. Absolute favorite romance book from 2021. Would love if you guys talked about it. I'll check it out. Or, you know, maybe I'll add it to my summer of fun when I don't have to go to work. (laughs) Um, So that was from uh, Helena. Thank you, Helena, for um, sending that in. And um, hopefully we didn't disappoint. Um, It sounds like, you know, you're fairly in agreement with us, though. So, yeah, I think we're going to disappoint some other people. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So uh, thank you for that, Helena. Uh, Next we have... Kendra, who sent in an audio file about her thoughts. So let's hear from Kendra. Hi, this is Kendra. This book was five stars for me. The angst was torturous, but I loved every minute of it. Okay, maybe not every minute of it, but it did hurt so good. My heart literally ached for them. I enjoyed the structure of the book. I found it clever and it sucked me in. Did they both behave poorly? Absolutely, yes, they did. I think that is true of life. We often don't say what we want for fear the other person won't reciprocate. We don't wanna make ourselves vulnerable. We hope the other person will go first. I thought Nathan's letter to her was so swoonworthy and well worth the wait. Emotional infidelity is painful, but it happens. And I thought in this book, it was very well rendered. The only way I made it through all the angst was knowing it was a romance and would have an HEA. The Roughest Draft is definitely a love love for me. I loved it so much, I immediately bought a copy and sent it to my mom, who also loved it. We can't wait to read what the authors write next. Thank you for sending that in, Kendra. Um, Obviously, I hope we haven't ostracized you too much. Uh, (laughs) uh, I would say I agree with... um, the part, you know, where she's talking about how I think this happens in real life. And I agree. I think it does happen in real life. Um, absolutely. Absolutely. And probably more than it should. But unfortunately, there's a lot of things that happen in real life that I don't really want to read a romance book about. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of me too. 
Um, and I will also agree with Kendra that we haven't talked about is I do like the structure of the book. I, I, and we've read other books like this before. Um, with the timeline jumps. Yeah. Um, what was the other one? What was the one that this one kind of reminded me of where they like have this, it's like another, it's a different second chance where, um, we just read it where they, um, they were the ones that were, were like vacationing together every do the oh, travel yeah, blog yeah. one. It was I can't remember either. Um, I'm gonna look at our list and figure it out. Um, I don't know if it was this year, but I it do was definitely one, this year. I remember the one you're talking about. Um, but and then they hadn't vacationed together for a long time because something happened, and you don't know what <laughs> happened. Um, yeah, I feel like we did read. Sorry, this isn't good radio because I've. I can't, I can't remember what any of these books are about. So. I know. Same. <laughs> <laughs> um, so sorry. Anyway, um, but I did like it. I will say I did some. It it was kind of sometimes, and I think a lot of this is because I was trying to hurry and read the book. Um, which I should also mention. I haven't been in the best place this week, so that could also have like a lot to do with. Um, my enjoyment of this book or this month <laughs> or the last couple months true <laughs> um that's why ellen hates everything <laughs> but so that could have something to do with it but i will also say that um sometimes like the i i would like start a chapter and i'd have to like go back and be like wait 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 are we four years in the past or is this present day? <laughs> Who is this Who's talking? talking? Um so i would sometimes get a little lost in that i get um, that but thank you, Kendra, for sending that in. I always love to hear the audio recordings. Makes my life a lot easier. <laughs> um, and hopefully you don't hate us. Um, next we have Allison, who said, I read this one earlier this year and enjoyed it, even though it was such a tense situation. I did not like her boyfriend slash fiance. He was playing too many games. I like how it all resolved itself and got us out of that tense feeling. Correct. Correct. <laughs> like I said, I like the resolution of the book. Yeah. Cassie says, I really enjoyed this book. The writing was gorgeous and compelling. Agree. The story felt like a mashup of Beach Read and People We Meet on Vacation by Emily Henry, and I loved both of those books, so that's a compliment from me. That, that was the people. book Ellen yeah. was looking for. <laughs> that is it. Um, <laughs> the relationship between Katrina and Nathan was angsty, but the plot and conflict were understated and felt true to life. Overall, this book was a winner for me, and I would read more adult titles by this duo because I liked their writing style. Who knows? Maybe I'll even read their YA backlist. Um, yes, they do have, um, they have, like, a pretty meaty backlist of young adult books. Um, Cassie, friend of the show, I hope we haven't ostracized yeah. you as well. I'm sorry, Cassie. Sorry, guys. This is just going to be our apology tour. <laughs> Sorry, re sorry. Re re reading the comments is going to be our apology tour. Um, Jill, another apology. This was a strong, <laughs> like, a four-star on Goodreads for me. I think it was beautifully written, and the two main characters felt like grown-ups. I have realized... Uh, agree to disagree on that one, Jill. Um, I have realized that I do get stressed out with novels when there is the plot device of a terrible thing that happened that ruined the friendship, and we don't find out what it is until midway through. Also, I, listed, I listened to this book, and... Thought the narrators were great. The, the male narrator sounded like John McEnroe doing narration um, 
McEnroe, isn't he like the tennis player? He's a tennis player. <laughs> during an their, angry tennis player. Uh, during narration for Never Have I Ever, and I got a little distracted by that. Um, oh, that's that show. I do wonder, is this a romance book about people, uh, to, about two people in love, or is this book about two people in love with words? Good, interesting distinction, yes. Jill. Um, which I think we've addressed by, right. um... Well, I even said, you know, we talked about how, you know, <laughs> is their relationship, do they have a relationship outside of their writing? Yeah. Um, Arthur said, Hi, No Yomos. The roughest draft is alike for me. I appreciated following Katrina and Nathan as they started out with all this resentment against each other, then grew to form mutual respect and fondness for each other. However, I feel like they have much better chemistry as platonic friends than they do as romantic partners. On top of that, when I'm leaving their dynamic out of the equation and examining their characters by themselves, I don't, I don't find either of them to be particularly engaging. Katrina has the more compelling arc between the two, but even then her journey throughout the, the repetitive plot is pretty flat. In addition, I'm not crazy about the infidelity trope. It doesn't really matter that Nathan and Katrina refrained from sleeping together while they were in their respective relationships. They were still emotionally cheating. Yes, Arthur. While I wasn't rooting for Katrina to stay ultra loyal to Chris, that slimy little scumbag, the circumstances made me uncomfortable nonetheless. Nathan growing feelings for Katrina while he was married to Melissa certainly wasn't an improvement. There are some charming points in this Emily Henry-esque novel, one of which is Chris uh, annoying Nathan to the point that Nathan in the narration brings up a bothersome character in his old thriller manuscript and says, I've named him Dean, but character names are easy to change. Uh, <laughs> the book comes off like it has a bit of a self-insert situation going on. After all, we have a husband and wife author pair who share the same agent, and they've written a book about two authors who once collaborated and shared the same agent. I don't know if it's necessarily a negative element, but it did stick in my head the whole time I was reading The Roughest Draft. All in all, this was a fine read, but it isn't something I'm going to rave over in the future. Same Arthur. Same Arthur. Arthur, I Same. agree with you. <laughs> um, Victoria says, I really liked this one. We're sorry, Victoria. And I definitely <laughs> echo Cassie's comment. It reminded me of a mix of all three Emily Henry's books, which I loved. I guess going into it without a clue, I got blindsided by the cutesy cover and expected a lighter, more rom-commy story. Instead, it was mature and angsty and filled with emotional tension. The writing was beautiful and the characters believable. And even the possibility of their respective infidelity to his wife slash her fiance was handled well, although this will be a sore spot, a sore point for many. Yes, Victoria. While the story was compelling, I got a bit frustrated with them speaking through the pages and couldn't help thinking if you just sat down and talked like two adults, this could have been sorted already. Yes, Victoria. Thank you. <laughs> I guess that's why it felt like it dragged too long for me, but all in all, a really like. There you go. There you go. Um, Catherine says, justice for Melissa. Yes, Catherine. <laughs> the social worker in me spent the whole book wishing Nathan would take his social worker wife to Tuscany instead of his writing partner. And they weren't even getting paid for their books at this point. It was still in hobby phase. Yeah. Just let her go sit in the sun while you're writing. Yeah. 
The writer in me kept pausing the book to search for Airbnbs for an idyllic writer's retreat. Nowhere in the marketing for this book does it say it's a rom-com, but I went in expecting it to be a rom-com because of their YA novels. Whoops, my bad. I think a lot of people are intrigued about how they are married and write together, and I loved how in the acknowledgments they gave a you're welcome to their publishing team for getting married instead of breaking up. They had already published together by the time they got married. Um, yeah, that would have made things awkward. Yeah. Um, yes. Justice for Melissa. Yes. Yeah. You go, Melissa. Yeah. I'm going to make t-shirts. <laughs> T- hashtag team Melissa. <laughs> and no one will know what it means. <laughs> <Well>. <laughs> Angela says this book was nothing, uh, really... This book was okay. Nothing really overly excited me. And the connection between Kat and Nathan was just meh. It had some swoony parts for sure. But overall, no one I loved. Yes, Angela. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, further on the apology tour, Shabani says, Loved this slow burn with lots of angsty longing. I would totally read both their pretend books. Ooh, agree to disagree on that one, Shabani. <laughs> um... And then Jennifer says, here we go. Jennifer says, whoo boy, I absolutely did not like this. <laughs> uh, this quote unquote romance is a novel about an emotional affair. Justice for Melissa. Yes. My gosh, poor Melissa. She was done wrong. I didn't like the writing, specifically the description of how they wrote was off somehow to me. Too overwrought, maybe. See Book Lovers by Emily Henry for how this could be done well, which is about editing, not writing. Yes, but still a great example about a joint creative process. I felt the quote-unquote reveal about why their partnership broke up years ago wasn't believable. I read it over a month ago, but they realized they were in love. He was going to leave his wife, and then Kat was too scared or something? It didn't make sense to me. And I didn't think Kat and Nathan had much chemistry either. For end of year voting, I'd definitely nominate Kat's fiance as worst villain. Yeah, he's up there, but I think we've read worse. Yeah, I, I think we have too. Um, but yes, Jennifer, agreed. Agreed, <laughs> all of it. Um, uh, Melissa, not a fan. If I had to hear about her tiny hands one more time, I was gonna vomit. <laughs> um, yes, I agree. We did hear a lot about her tiny hands, but also I'm. I'm of the Tiny Hands Club, so um, you are. I was I was happy for the representation, like, um, because Mom always talks about my small hands. You have small hands and tiny ears and tiny ears and um, small feet. I also get a lot of oh, she has tiny feet. She wears like children's shoes. Anyway, um, and every time somebody makes a comment about my hands, I'm always like, these hands are small, I know, but they. My arms, my arms, I have no idea what you're singing right now. <laughs> Somebody does. It's a Jewel song, I think. Either, yeah, yeah I, I don't Jewel, know. Because I've never heard. Oh, is it a country song? No, it's a Jewel song. I just told you that. Well, Jewel sings country stuff. Sort of. Whatever. But not like her. Like... Just do the show and stop <laughs> talking to me. <laughs> you see what I'm... <laughs> she makes fun of my small hands. <laughs> No, I'm making fun of your singing. It's your singing. This hands are small. Kate says, I thought this one was slow at first, but by the end I was sold. I think I'm 
also slightly charmed by the fact that this book was written by a husband-wife duo. I wish the side characters, Harriet and Chris, had been further developed slash more nuanced. Yes. Yes. Agreed. Agreed. Because, like, Chris is, yes, a scumbag, but she's with him and engaged to him for some reason. Yeah. And she even says that he was good to her. He helped her through these tough times. And in his defense... She's been in a dark place and hasn't done anything for four years. Mm -hmm. I mean, granted, she's in a dark place, but I think he's tried to help her, and I don't know that she's tried very much to help herself. Correct. So... I would agree. Thanks, Ellen. Um, Fernanda says, when I first started reading this book, I thought I would love it, but I ended up not falling in love and therefore I put it in the, I liked it category. The storyline sounded interesting and I loved the cover, but the slow burns sometimes felt too slow. The authors did a great job delivering the angst. The book was very well written, especially considering it's their first adult novel. I didn't fully connect with either main characters as I felt that neither of them had any personality. The side characters were weak. What was Harriet's purpose in this story anyway? She's the sassy token Asian friend of hers. We never learned anything about who they were outside their careers as authors, about Katrina's life before meeting Nathan, or even the details about Nathan's relationship with his ex-wife. I think, like I said, that is intentional. The fact that we don't have a lot of character background made it difficult for me to understand Katrina's fears and where they came from. I also couldn't see why they would fall in love with each other besides for the fact that they praised the other's writing. When their big fallout came to the reveal, it felt flat and not as intense as I thought it would be. It just wasn't a good enough explanation, in my opinion. It was a constant string of, guess what, miscommunication. And it took forever for them to have an honest conversation with one another. Katrina coming into her own purpose and finding her confidence in writing and Nathan managing to speak his feeling instead of writing them came very late in the book and, con- and the conclusion felt a little rushed. Yes, yes. Miranda. <laughs> Agreed. I, I will say I did think that the, uh, like proposal conversation was kind of cute that was cute where um you know he's like if i ask you maybe i guess i have to do it in a bookstore (laughs) well and i liked when he's like i'll stick a ring in our book or something she's like in our book about divorce that's a great idea (laughs) oh in front of our books he said she's oh our book's about divorce yeah um and finally we have ruthie who says first of all the writing was intense so objectively that means the writing was good and i liked it One of the most important things to me about books is that they are an escape and don't drag. I felt like I was inside two people's heads for sure. And it's more looking back that I'm like, wait, they didn't really do anything. Yeah. I'm not familiar with these authors, but at some point when I realized it was written by a married couple, I think it affected my perspective and took me out of the story though. Also, my enjoyment was colored by my husband watching this drama. He says he didn't mean to watch it but the beginning was good, about a horrible cheating situation. And of course it was Turkish and not a rom-com, so it was sad. (laughs) As a lot of them tend to be. (laughs) It was in the background while I was reading this. So while this book was an HEA, believe me, I doubted it would be for a while. I still felt kind of, uh, I still felt kind of down and like I had read something with insurmountable problems that didn't have an HEA, which isn't the case. Maybe the authors intended it to be a little more realistic, so I felt that. I would say that I'm more comfortable with external conflict and not so much mixed emotions or people being torn between two partners. If there's any kind of love triangle, it has to be really compelling for me to enjoy it. So in that way, the writers got their characters slash themselves out of this situation without me hating them. So that was something. 
there were a lot of nuanced emotions they managed to express. So that's kind of a good, like, middle-of-the-road one for it to end on. Um, So, yeah. Yeah. By the way, this is our 200th episode. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I meant to mention that at the beginning. Um, And, uh, but I realize now that this wasn't, we should have had, like, a more joyful (laughs) (laughs) Well, we weren't really thinking ahead that way. (laughs) Um... But, uh, so yeah, this is an interesting one to be, uh, our 200th book, or our 200th episode, I should say. Um, and hopefully we haven't, um, ostracized any, especially those of you who have been with us for 200 episodes, (laughs) um, that this isn't the book that, like, does you in. Um. That's it, I'm out of here. (laughs) But, yeah, any final thoughts, Mom? No, I feel like I really ragged on it, um enough yeah <laughs> uh anyway but Same. they do write beautifully they do i need to make that clear um and it's objectively a good book it's just not one that i really wanted to read i guess i would agree right okay so those are our thoughts and some of your thoughts of the more positive variety on the roughest draft by emily wibberly and austin sigmund broca we would love to hear more from you on our facebook page our facebook group which is not your mom's facebook group our goodreads group our twitter and instagram which are both at not your mom's rom or you can email us at not your mom's romance book club at gmail.com so if you want to read along with us and email us with your thoughts or if you would like to suggest a book for us to read we'd love to hear from you on May 30th, we'll be having our free-for-all. Um, where hopefully we get to be a little more positive about books. <laughs> uh, remember, you can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and wherever your favorite podcasts are sold for free. Don't forget to leave a review because it helps the show, and we just love to read them. And don't forget to get those free-for-all recordings in. I've already got one. Cassie, she's all over it. Go, girl. Kudos to Cassie. But we want to hear from many more of you so get those uh recordings in if you have any questions message me and i will tell you how to do that um all right thanks mom you're so welcome ellen bye bye not your mom's romance book club is part of the frolic podcast network you can find more outstanding podcasts to subscribe to at frolic.media slash podcasts